and welcome to Pep Talk by Perpetual, a talent advisory firm based out of New York City and Paris. This podcast is all about raw conversation with real people. My name is Irene Topokov, principal at Perpetual, and I am delighted to welcome today Jonathan Benamou, the founder and former CEO of PeopleDoc. Hello. While we were preparing this talk, um, you told me that you had a favorite movie. Uh, what is it and why? Yeah, so it's a bit of a weird uh, choice or pick, I would say, but uh, I think my favorite movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. Uh, why? So for many reasons. First, I have such a great recollection of watching this movie with my friends uh, in prep school. Uh, I remember like crying, I'm not crying a lot, but actually it was really like something that moved me. Uh, I'm really like a family guy, family is everything for me, uh, it's my top priority, and I think this movie is really like about family. Friends are, uh, means a lot to me as well, and actually it's, it's a movie about friendship and understanding what you bring to friends uh, over the course of your life. So. Uh, no, I really like this movie. Quite an emotional movie. I share your, your view on that. Very interesting. And, um, and also, um, I know you like to read, um, Jonathan, and I think you have, uh, you have one book that you particularly like as well. Yeah, I don't know if I mean, this is a, the book I like, but it's also like, I think it's related to my life, actually. Uh, I would pick Around the World in 80 Days from Jules Verne. Uh, and the reason why is because um, uh, we moved a lot as a family, so we used to live. Uh, so I was born in Grenoble, and then moved to Lyon, then moved to Paris, and then we moved to New York, and today we are in Madrid. Uh, so it's really like, uh, I think I'm kind of a citizen of the world uh, with my kids and my wife. And also because I used to travel a lot uh, while I was in New York. I was doing like uh, back and forth between Europe and the US once to twice a month and I was traveling everywhere in the US. So uh, I think I spent the, the last 10 years of my life around the world. It seems to be the best book I could pick actually to define my life over the last 10 years. Interesting choice. We were speaking about if you were an object, what would you be, Jonathan? <laughs> so today, actually, I would pick a paddle tennis racket, actually, because since we moved to Madrid, uh, we found out about this sport, which is a really like an amazing sport. Uh, you play uh, at four, so you have two. So it's two against two. And actually, I play like three or four times a week. Uh, really, I, I became fond of... Um, of paddle tennis, my wife as well. So it's uh, it's pretty cool to share. Uh, I would say a, pas a passion. Uh, this is the first time in my life that I found like a real passion for something for a sport. So uh, yeah. <laughs> to kick us off, would you mind give us a presentation of yourself and of your very interesting background? Uh, yeah. So actually, uh, the truth is that I had only one experience in my whole life. Uh, even if we had like five names for our company over the last 10 years. Um, so I'm the, the father of two kids. Uh, they are eight and 11 and a, nappy, a happy husband of, a, of my wife. Uh, so I started, uh, I started my career just uh, after college. I did a business school in France. And right after college, we decided to start a company, the four of us. So we were four um, when we started. Um, we... Launched the company in 2008, 
and uh, had a very slow start, I would say, uh, starting in one domain. The goal was to disrupt the post service in France. Uh, so we did that for two years. And then in 2009, we decided to pivot into the HR space, uh, starting to digitalize the paystub in France. Uh, and then along the way, we added uh, lots of modules to our software. So we added like module of employee file management, of case management, of robotic process automation. So we became really like the uh, communication tool for any large enterprise to communicate between the employees and the uh, human resources department. I moved to New York in 2013 with my family, spent six years over there. Uh, we raised about $60 million dollars. Uh, over the course of the company. And I sold the company in 2018 to a group called Ultimate Software, which was a NASDAQ-listed company. I became an executive over there and board member. Uh, the company was acquired nine months after the acquisition by Hellman and Friedman, which is a very big P firm uh, based in the U.S. for $11 billion dollars. And uh, six months ago, actually, we announced a merger with another big company called Kronos. Uh, and so over the last 18 months, I went from 400 employees to 12,000 employees, from 50 million in revenue to 3 billion in revenue. So did an acquisition, a go private, a merger. It was, uh, it was really interesting to, to experience that. And so this is my life, actually. Uh, and now I live in Madrid. I moved a year and a half ago the family here and uh, we are more than happy here it's really like a paradise <laughs> the last years have been really like exciting but i'm sure that along the way along the line uh, there have been some turning points things that made you the man and the, the very very successful entrepreneur you you became also some doubts or some difficult moments so what would be your 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 turning points what What changed you and what changed the project of your life? So I don't know if the studies are the right turning point because actually in my situation, I, I didn't, I've never really made any choices in terms of studies. So I was a good student at school. So at the end of my uh, college, I, I picked to do a prep school in France, which is basically the, the career path of any good student, even if... I was living in, a, in an 8,000 people village uh, in France. My parents actually uh, told me about prep school. I said, okay, fine, I'm going to do that. So I applied. I got one okay prep school in Lyon uh, that I joined. And actually, the year I joined the prep school, uh, this prep school became number one in, the, in France, actually. So I was really, really lucky. I was okay, uh, okay student in, a, in, a, in a prep school, but I was good in math. So uh, actually in France, math is everything. So I was lucky enough to be, uh, to be accepted at HEC, which is uh, one of the best business schools in France. So I didn't, have a, I didn't make a choice, actually. I just went to HEC. And then at HEC, uh, you do the first two years, and then the third year as a master, and you apply for master. The best one was the entrepreneurship. I applied and I got it, actually. So I was lucky enough not to have to make a choice, but to go there. And then in HS, uh, at this master, um, I met with one of the best entrepreneurs at that time, which who was uh, Pierre Cossusco-Morizet, 
um, who told me, look, actually, if you want to start a project, I will be at your board, I will invest and so on. So I didn't really make a choice to start a company. I wanted to make to, to start a company, but I had like the best uh, condition to do so. Uh, so I wouldn't say I had any turning point there. I, I would say I just followed the flow at that time. If I had to choose one real turning point in my life, I would say it would be the birth of my first kid, actually. Um, I was 24, and uh, I had my first kid at, in 2009, uh, which was really like when one year after starting PeopleDoc, actually the name of the company was NovaPost at that time. And that's really when I understood that you were not saving lives starting a company. You know? So I started to step mm-hmm. back a lot and to really understand that my priority was really my family. Uh, I wanted to succeed in this uh, part of my life. And I realized that you have 10 chances of uh, succeeding in your professional life. You have only one, I think, uh, sometimes two, actually, to succeed in your, in your personal life. And I really put a focus on that. And that's when I decided not to work anymore after seven during the week and not working during the weekend, except if you have any urgency, obviously. But I really started to define actually the way I wanted to shape our company. And uh, that's when we started to understand that the culture was really important, that we wanted to emphasize the happiness of employees at the office. So that's really like uh, something that, that made what I am today. And at the same time, in 2009, this is exactly the year when we decided to pivot because we started with this idea of having a website in which you could receive your paste, but also like your electronic um, bank statement, your electricity bill in the same electronic vault. And it didn't really work. And that's when we realized that we had to pivot and we had to change uh, the way we were selling our product. And that's when we decided to start selling only this electronic paste-up solution uh, in 2009. And that's when people look really started. So 2009 was for me a very, very important year. Understanding the real value of life, actually, I would say, (laughs) while pivoting the company in order to make it a real business uh, instead of a food association, actually, that we started in 2008. (laughs) Uh, for two years. And you told me that another very important moment, really turning points, both uh, professionally and also personally, was in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, People Luck was really a, a very interesting venture in the sense of that actually for the first five years, we, I think we made like maybe 2 million euro in revenue. Uh, which is really slow, actually, uh, especially right now when you look at startups in France that are going from zero to five million in two or three years. But in 2013, actually, um, I met a VC, Axel Partners, which is like one of the best VCs in the world, and especially one of the partners in the London office by the name of Philippe Buttery. And Philippe came to my office in France. I was really like a French guy, uh, not having any uh, objective of going outside France. I was like, it was pretty cool. And, uh, and, and actually, the ambition was, was high, but not like we never thought that we could sell our company for more than 30 million euros. That was really the number we had in mind for, uh, from 2007 to 2013. But he came to my office and he said, John, uh, 
I would love to invest in your company. And first I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because yeah. these guys invested in Google, Dropbox, and so on. So uh, it was really like the graal for us, like the uh, ultimate VC we could have in our, in our capital. But at any point, we, we thought we could have them. And he told me, uh, you have a great business. Just the thing is that I would never invest in your company if you are not in the US. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and you should go to the US. Because you are the CEO of the company, you should start the business over there. Um, and, and and so he he went out of my office. I went online. I took four tickets actually to go to New York, <laughs> one for my partner and uh, two other for our two wives. And actually, we decided in April to go in New York for a week, actually for 10 days, the four of us. My wife has never been to New York at that, uh, before that time. Uh, we spent 10 days over there, uh, met lots of prospects, lots of people. Uh, I was not speaking English at all, actually, so it was really uh, interesting to see that. Uh, I was studying from very far. And actually, we came back in April. I went to see the board in June, telling them, look, guys, we need 1 million euros to start the U.S. Uh, would you agree on investing Everyone said yes. So I was not married. I had two kids. My wife was a dentist, so she couldn't practice in the U.S. We have no customer, no prospect, no partner in the U.S. But actually, we decided to, to get married in, in September. Obviously, I love my wife. So she, this is not the only reason why we got married. I mean, going to the U.S. was not the only reason, but actually, we did it. On the 24th of September, the 25th of September, we flew uh, into New York to uh, find an apartment and we moved actually at the end of October uh, to the US with no school, uh, again, like two little kids. I think like looking back, actually, I think we (laughs) we might have been crazy, but it was just a a real turning point because the day you, you put your feet in the US, actually, you enter the US, you understand that basically France is a very small country for them, that everything is possible over there. From a business perspective, it's just, it's just huge, actually. It's a completely different world. And so we started like this. Actually, in 2013, I installed my family. And in January, I started to, um, to try to find customers. I found three customers in two months, which was really a lot of luck. Axel came back in March saying, okay, you did it, so we're going to invest. And we raised $17 million, which was a very a huge fundraising at that time in 2014, actually. Uh, it was, a, I think, the, the largest fundraising of the year for, for a French company. Axel told me, you need to scale now. Actually, you need to scale, to scale, to scale, because you found your market fit and so on. So I started to hire 25 people, and I didn't sign any customer for a year, actually. Uh, in the U.S. So it was just a very, very, very complex uh, period. But it helped me to understand a lot of things, actually. First, that I didn't understand anything about the American culture. So I think, like, you can consider American people being as far from you as Chinese people are from European people. The only thing is that you understand the language, you understand the, you think you understand the culture because you have Disney, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, so you think that they're close to you, but the reality is that they are really, really far. I started to understand that I had it to really like do a washout of my pretending uh, understanding of this culture and to really start from a, a white paper, a white sheet, and what, which I did. Um, I had to fire most of the people, rehire executive people who uh, knew about 
the American way of doing business, putting in place processes, like uh, a new way of doing marketing. And so we, we restarted, actually, we rebooted the company in 2015. And from there, we, we had a great success in, in the U.S. And then I opened Germany, UK, uh, Spain, and so on. And, and so that's when it really started. So. Super interesting how meeting some key people can help you shift uh, pretty quickly as well. But I don't see any other reason why you would have a turning point in your lives and just meeting people. Actually, it's, everything is about meeting people. So every, every single thing is about that. So every time someone is telling me, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do next, next, I don't know if I should do that or that, my only advice is meet people, meet as many people as you, as you can and just put an objective to yourself to do three lunch every week with three new people. Uh, and and this is the only way to learn. This is the only way to, um, yeah, to, to, to have luck, actually. It's not like you won't find an ID by yourself. You won't find a team by yourself. You won't find a customer by yourself. You need to meet people. And that's the only reason why you, you have this turning point, which brings me to the last turning point, which is 2018, which was also a matter of meeting people. Actually, in 2000, at the end of 2017, we were raising another round. Actually, we had term sheet to raise $50 million dollars. We, which would have brought us to, to raise a, or north of 100 million. And at the, at the same time, I met with an amazing guy who was the head of MA and partnership of Ultimate Software. We started to speak. I, I was not to say we we're growing by 100% a year. I didn't want to sell the company, but he hooked me actually. So uh, we spoke, and then he introduced me to the uh, chief product officer. The chief product officer told me, oh, You should meet with like our CTO and our CEO. I did it. And then the president, and then the CEO. And I just found an amazing company, actually, amazing company uh, because they were investing a lot in people. They were believing in people. They were like focusing on happiness at work. And so at that time, I said to myself, actually, with my partner, we said, look, we had two choices. The first one is to keep going, to raise $50 million, to go for an IPO or to sell the company over a billion dollars in three or four years from now, which we had like maybe 1% chance to, to, to achieve, but we had this 1% chance, which, is, uh, which was uh, amazing at that time. If you do that, then you don't, you don't choose your exit door. So you don't choose who you're going to sell the company because you reduce the number of acquire. You don't choose a culture uh, of the company that is going to acquire you. And so you, you won't be really like uh, true to yourself in a sense that you promised a lot of things to your employees and actually you can't control your future. Or the second choice is like you can sell the company now. You know exactly who would be the acquirer. You know the house you give to your employees. And, and basically, you stay uh, loyal to your values and your promises, and you're going to be able to look at in the eyes of your employees for the rest of your life, saying, "I made this choice for you." And actually, and and that's what we did. Actually, we decided to do that. So we sold the company for three hundred million dollars to uh, Ultimate Software at the time, and I would never regret this choice. Actually, I think that was the best choice we could have made. We are really happy and proud of, of this choice because the future, the integration was amazing. People there were not only pretending, but they were really like they were saying they were. Um, so it was just a yeah, great choice. No one left after the acquisition. Everyone was celebrating the, the acquisition, which is, uh, which is amazing. We made rich most of the people at the company because they, they all had equity. Um, cool. So it was really, uh, it was really good. A really amazing story. And I think you have some key messages that are really important to you 
Yeah, but I know if there are messages more than just uh, commitment or like uh, I actually I don't see myself working in a different way. I think like all companies should be the same. First, you are not saving lives, and uh, especially if you are not in the healthcare industry. I don't understand people who uh, look at the other like and see which one will finish first, and so just. Uh, I have to stay until uh, 10 p.m. I have to just like work every single day, including weekends and so on. So my conviction is that if you can come to the office with a smile and go back home with a smile, and you will succeed, actually. Which means that if an employee comes to, to work with a smile, it means that he likes his work. But if he goes back home with a smile, it means that he, he's happy in family. And you cannot be happy with your family if every day you come back at 11 p.m., uh, if you are stressed all day. So it's really like a balance to find between professional life and personal life. And that's really important. Second, I think like if employees are happy at work, all your customers will be happy because they're going to feel it. They're going to spend good time with your, with your employees during a project, during whatever, like a webinar. They will want you to succeed. And that's really important. And third, I think every single employee should feel to be part of the venture. It's not your venture. It's a team venture. And so that's why we gave equity to 100% of the employees. That's why um, every Christmas we were doing customized presents for every single employee, basically. And we had to know them. So we were taking like two or three days of PTO with my partner, going to uh, stores to buy. We had a list of each employee. And for each employee, we knew what they liked and so what we should um, buy to them. So I think like it's a venture is like really like, a group of people doing something good. Actually, it's not like two people being the CEO and CEO and leading the company. It's like you want every single uh, strat of the company to be as motivated as you uh, to do some great thing. And that's really important, I think. So you should trust your employees. Actually, I think trust is everything. And as long as you trust 100% of your employee, then you don't need to look at what they do every single day. You don't need to micromanage. You don't need to uh, do like one-to-one -one every single day to look at what they do. I think like uh, people are as smart as you. And so trust them. And actually, they're going to trust you and they're going to protect the house. They're going to protect the company. And uh, I think yeah, it's easier to manage a business like this. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Really, really cool speaking to you and you sharing your your journey with our international audience. Enjoy your day and uh, let's stay in touch. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.